This was a vision. I'm telling you, these people are Satanists. As I sit here, they are Satanists. Look, the world is full of these kind of things. Black masses, mutilations, mutilations. The incubus, the succubus. I'm telling you, we got to go down to the religious supply store. we got to get ourselves a couple of gallons of holy water. My cousin Jerry's a priest. He can get us a deal. Do you want him to take your family, kidnap them, tear their livers out, and make some kind of satanic pate? Hey, once they get in here, it's over, pal. Trigger warning. This podcast may include explicit content that will take you out of your comfort zone and make you question reality. Listener's discretion is advised. It's a new month and time for another breakdown. We're keeping the cosmic fire burning as we roll into July. Colby from Conspiracy Playtime joins us again to break down Ghostbusters 1 and 2. That's right. I've been talking about it and the time has finally come. We are busting down the busters. We all know and fucking love Ghostbusters. But is there anything a little sinister hiding in the background of these iconic films? I don't want to give too much away, but you're in for a slimer of an episode. I have been really feeling the love lately since my appearance on Tinfoil Hat. And I would love to read for you some new five-star reviews. I might go down to just reading them once a month. So if you've left a review um, after, what is today, June 26, guess what? I haven't seen it yet, but I promise I'll get around to it. And I have a five-star review from... Freedom Walker, 5-star review from Double Dagger, 5-star review from Kelafo. I'm just going to spell it. K-E-L-A-L-F-O. Kelafo. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I have 5-star review from Fried Bacon Grass, 5-star review from Love Everyone 89, Five-star review from Acadia1226. Five-star review from Travis G1988. And why didn't I read out every single review? Because we're all trying to get to the episode, okay? And uh, I just wanted to say thank you so, so much for the kind words. A lot of people have hit me up on Instagram And you know who you are. I tried to respond to all of the message requests that I received on Instagram. Let me see if I can pull a few up here just to, like, Lucas, Bo, Dax, Zach, Chris, 
you know who you are. I and the tried and true Cosmic Peach listeners, thank you so so much for your continued support. It would not have been possible without you. And uh yeah, I just really appreciate it. I've gotten a few one-star reviews, but it's like haters going to hate and uh, it doesn't really bother me that much, to be honest with you. So I would rather spend my time uh, thanking those of you who are supporting and uplifting. And I could not do this without you. You're the best. And I hope you love this episode. It's a killer. Let's go ahead and uh, prepare ourselves here and strap on our unlicensed nuclear accelerators because there's something strange going on in the neighborhood. Here we go. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Cosmic Beach Podcast. Tonight, it is the monthly breakdown shakedown, and I didn't plan this, but it's Colby yet again. We're having back-to-back Colby. So, uh, what's up, Colby? How you doing? Back-to-back. All right. I feel Mm -hmm. special. I'm doing all right. It's a... uh, early afternoon where i'm at so my drink is uh, an acceptable daytime drink uh I'm, I'm ready to go what are you drinking over there it's a mangmosa a mangmosa mangmosa okay so i'm just gonna guess it's mango juice and champagne or wine or something ding 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 yeah it's a mimosa <laughs> with mango juice and I, I i got the thick mango puree so it's kind of like ectoplasm oh. <laughs> L- little Ooh. thematic how fitting for our episode yeah all right so i'm having um woodford reserve neat and I'm chasing it with this new thing I discovered. It's called Olipop. And it's classic root beer flavor. But get this shit, Colby. It's 35 calories. It literally, it's water. But it tastes just like freaking uh, root beer. And it says, our old-fashioned root beer melds just the right mix of classic bite and creamy sweetness with extracts of sweet birch smooth vanilla bean and real burdock root this is water mind you so there's no refined sugar it doesn't say so it says 35 calories zero on everything and it says total sugar is two grams which isn't too bad no not at all and i see it's got probiotics and plant fiber yeah it has probiotics botanical Yep. <laughs> it says a new kind of soda. I'm not shitting you. This tastes just like Barks and really? I don't feel guilty drinking it. Yeah. Soda is uh, horrible for you. I mm-hmm. I drank it in high school and I'd play, I played sports and I'd be really thirsty and I'd go slam a Mountain Dew and then wonder why I was having like heart palpitations at night. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. 
That is so hilarious. I used to drink, I, well, I'm a Coca-Cola kind of person, but I used to drink Cokes all the time. And um, it's really just sugar with bubbles. So I cut, I cut that out, but it's cool to be able to like drink this with alcohol um, because they totally cancel each other out, right? I got my prebiotics and my straight whiskey. There you go. But you know, Colby, there's um, there's been like something strange going on in my neighborhood, and I was wondering if you knew anyone I could call. Yeah, I would call Melissa McCarthy, Kate McKinnon. <laughs> I, I hear they're they're the new boss bitches in town. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They are the the feminized. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. I hope we don't even talk about that movie aside from the the little lame joke I just made because I got like halfway through it and then I broke it over my knee and ended up paying thirteen dollars to Redbox. I thought it was totally worth it to shatter that thing so no one else could watch it. Oh my god! Yeah, I hated that one. But we are talking about the classic nineteen eighty four. Ghostbusters for our breakdown shakedown. Ghosts. Hello, Ghostbusters. They're real. You do? You have? They're here. Ghostbusters. Hey, anybody see a ghost? They catch the ghost that won't stay dead. They're armed. They're dangerous. Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Right, that's bad. Okay, all right, important safety tip. Thanks, Egon. They're professionals. Oh, I'm the chairman of the largest paranormal removal company in America. You see it? They're all that stands between you and the end of the world. The city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. Real wrath of God type stuff. Fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Your girlfriend lives in the corner penthouse of Spook Central. You want this body? Is this a trick question? Play your stick. Hold! Heat him up! Smoke him! Make him hard! Ready! Ghostbusters. Starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis. Coming to save the world. Ghostbusters. Uh, I'm really excited about this. We're going to be actually talking about Ghostbusters 1 and 2. And I have a surprise for you, Colby. Oh, yeah. I forgot. And let me, I'm pulling it up right now. Okay, here we go. 
I want to do this in the beginning because I do not want you to have any help. Is it a quiz? It's a quiz of sorts, yes. We're going to play Ghostbusters Jeopardy to start off our episode. All right. Awesome. And now this is just for part one. Okay, so, so I'm you... ready. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. You're I'm team one and you're team no, you you're team one and I'm team two. Okay, so what is your first category? I'll take quotes for three hundred. Quotes for three. Lewis Tully, even though you do your own taxes, finish the quote. What is, even though you really shouldn't? <laughs> I can't believe you remembered that. I watched it two nights ago. <laughs> and I love Rick Moranis in that in this movie. I'm going to answer it as well. Should, can we play the same questions or no? No, yeah, I'll just let you have this can. one. I mean, Because I think it's like... If you think Even I'm though wrong, you do your own taxes, in. which I highly recommend you don't, or something like that. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Which you shouldn't do, you know. Yeah, oh, you were so right. I was half right because I didn't say do you know. Okay, so you're getting that point. Ooh, you're very lenient. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Okay, so I'm going to do the technology for 400. What does Egon advise the other Ghostbusters to not do to the trap? Let me read that again. What does Egon advise the other Ghostbusters to not do to the trap? To the trap? Don't look inside of it. Yeah, I agree, but I, I think they asked it wrong because it's Ray that says it and Egon says, oh, I looked in the trap. Remember, I like, know, right? Yeah, so this question... But it's not to look in the trap, though, yeah, right? Yeah, but it's, it's... Okay. Can you hear that? Don't barking? look directly into the trap. Well, this is... See, we're already correcting the game, because I guarantee you that's Ray that says that. I promise you it is. And he's like, oh, shit, I looked in, into the trap. Yeah, and he's making this real, like, crazy-ass face. Okay. What is your next category? Let's do cast for 300. This one? Yeah. Or supporting cast, I guess. Okay. What is the name of the actress who played Louis Tully's dance partner at the party at his apartment? If you know this, I'm going to freak the fuck no, out. But you know what's funny is I listened to a podcast yesterday and the guy actually said it, but I have no fucking idea. No, no memory. I of it. had never seen that actress before that movie and never again since. She's probably a supermodel is my guess. She's something. Are you taking an L on this one or you yep. want to guess? Okay. I, I got to take the L. I mean, I'm sure if I guess it's like Suzanne Jones or something and, I, and I'm wrong, I, I get the loss anyway. So Suzanne Jones, why not? Okay. Gene Kasem. Oh, shit. I didn't know that because that's Casey Kasem's wife and he's also in the movie. Oh, well, yeah, because he does the radio intro thing and he's like, the boys in blue slugged yeah. it out. It with shows a pretty him. Pesky poltergeist. And yeah. Then, and then Larry King, right after him, before he was even on TV, he was strictly radio back then. It shows mm -hmm. Larry King smoking a cig. Hopefully, that's not a question <laughs> later on. <laughs> I'm going to do the ghost for 500. The ghosts in the library performed what type of book stacking? Vertical. So easy. 
Symmetrical. I lost. So much for my memory. So are Symmetrical we... book stocking. Shouldn't you have minus 300 on, on the last one for me? No. Is, is that it's just zero. I'm in not. Jeopardy. This is Cosmic okay. Peach Jeopardy. Okay. I, if, I'll play by your rules. I was just curious. Okay. Because if we get it wrong, we get zero points and our score stays the same. If we get it right, we get extra points. Perfect. So in I'm the, not subtracting anybody's points. In the movie, during that symmetrical book stacking scene, Ray says, it's like the mass, the Philadelphia mass turbulence of 1947. And I wrote <laughs> to look into that. I wanted to see if that was a real thing. I'm sure it is. But anyway, a little side note. That's interesting. Stacking. I love. What's your category? Uh, let's do the men for 500. Okay. What degree or degrees does Peter Venkman hold? He what holds, the fuck question he, is this? He holds two degrees. He holds a degree in parapsychology and psychology. That's hard. Let's see if you're right. <laughs> you get 500 points. <laughs> Do you remember that scene when the, the Walter Peck character asks him, mm -hmm. what are you a doctor of? And he says, what well, kind of doctor are you? I hold you? degrees in parapsychology and psychology. I said it in the reverse order, but oh well. That's awesome that you remember that. Okay, the quotes for 500. Let me see. Okay, Peter Venkman. Alice, I'm going to ask you a couple of standard questions, okay? Have you or any of your family ever been diagnosed schizophrenic or mentally incompetent? And she says, my uncle thought he was St. Jerome. Nice. Perfect. I, and then he's like, I call that a yes. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's a big yes. I'd say that's a big oh, yes. Oh, you said, you said it right. Okay, okay, this is fun. I like it. Because these are like, right. there's no quote too small or fact too small in Ghostbusters. Right. S except for Casey Kasem's fucking wife, which I should have remembered. <laughs> All right. So you're 800 and I'm 900. So we're going toe to neck toe. Neck and neck, baby. Whoa. All right. I'm What's do, your category? Let's do the ghosts for 400. Ghosts for 400. Okay. What was the ultimate form of the destructor? The ultimate form? I guess the ultimate. I guess I'm gonna have to say it was the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, because. Is that your final it. answer? Yeah, because I. <sighs> okay, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, 400 points. Team one. I need to catch up. Okay, let's see. I should do the technology for five. I don't know. That's risky. That's risky. Mm, I'm gonna go for it. Oh, easy. What happens when you cross the streams? Total protonic reversal. Am I close? Yeah, <laughs> Total something with, reversal. I, I'd say you're close enough no matter what answer they give because, yeah. Total some protonic nucleal reversal. Molecular That's what I'm going nucleal. With. Or, yeah. Either one works. Oh, I was right. What? You didn't, you, you, you got, you said more than that. So I'd say, Proton. Yeah, yay, I'm winning. Okay. <laughs> What's right. your category? Hmm. Let's do the men for 400. The men for 400. Okay. What did Peter stop Egon from doing that he was sure would work if Egon hadn't been stopped? Oh, this is easy. What is drilling a hole in his own head? Absolutely. <laughs> drill a hole through his own head. Have you seen the yes. movie Pie? No. 
you know who Darren Aronofsky is? Requiem for a Dream. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do know that movie. So his, yeah. his, his movie before that was a 16 millimeter black and white experimental cerebral journey called Pi, P-I. No spoilers, but it has something to do with that. You should watch it. Mm. Pretty, pretty fascinating. I think you'd dig it. I was just listening to you and Davey talk about Skin and Mary Inc. And if you like that, you would probably definitely like Pi. I just like things that are unusual, I guess. So it's my turn, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do quotes for 400. Janine Melnitz, do you believe in UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full transmedium, Loch Ness monster, and the theory of Atlantis? As long as there's a steady paycheck involved, I'll believe anything you say. Boom! Wow, that was a verbatim. <laughs> Okay. Good job. Let's go back to the old drawing board here. All right. I'm going to go back to tried and true. Let's do the men for 300. Okay. These four actors played the original Ghostbusters. Wow. This should be a 100 point question. No shit. I'd hate to see what the 100 point is. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Ernie Hudson, Harold Ramis, Bill Murray, <laughs> and Dan Aykroyd. You started with the least likely one. That surprised me. Okay. Yes. I said it in the exact opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say like Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd. Yes. A point for you. On the In the casting, in the Bill credits, it says Bill Murray's name first and then Dan Aykroyd. Because mm. I think Bill Murray was the bigger star at that point. I'm going with the technology for 300. What is the license plate of the Ghostbusters car? Ecto-1. I didn't know that. Yes. One. Good job. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, Colby, you're up. You know what scares me the most out of all these? The supporting cast for 500 well, that's scares the one I, me that's the, the most. One, that's the one I'm going to do. Gotta all go right. Here. You're a trooper. How did Peter describe Dana when he saw her after her symphony rehearsal? How the fuck is that supporting cast? I don't I don't know. Uh, How did Peter describe Dana when he saw her after her symphony rehearsal? I'm going to have to guess because I don't remember. Do you remember this? I remember how he described the guy she was with. He said something about being able to hear her and she's like one of the... The many? best one in her row. Yeah. Oh, is that the maybe answer? Maybe that's maybe yeah, that's the that. answer. You get the points if that's the case, because I was just gonna guess like electric. The best that's... one in her row. Good job, yep. Julia. <laughs> Thanks. I will gladly take the points. Oh wow, I'm I'm getting kicked. It's all right. I'll let you have supporting cast for four hundred. I'm going with the ghost for three hundred. When Lewis Tolley was possessed, what it was his full name and title? Vince Ortho Gatekeeper Vince, am I close? Vince Ortho Keymaster Keymaster Oh yeah Keymaster, I'm giving myself that point because it was very close No, you were 100% on that Okay what All is right. your category? I'm down a swift thousand here. Uh, I'm going to go. Let's do supporting cast for 400. Even though those. Are questions. you sure? Yeah. Okay. 
What was the name of the EPA enforcement agent that came to inspect the Ghostbusters firehouse? Walter Peck. <laughs> I don't even have to click it. Yes, that is correct. Yes, so it's you're... true. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. <laughs> you know, I love how he portrayed that character, by the way, because it's like the proverbial I'm being polite, but also fuck you kind of character. Well, what you... do you do, Mr. Vankman? You know what he reminds me of? What? He, he is the yin to Bill Murray's yang. They're both fucking conceited assholes. And their mm -hmm. first encounter... Pretentious. If it, let's pretend Egon would have ran into him. The entire movie would have gone down a different path. I right. So Because he would have been like more... I, I don't know. It was like a standoff of egos when those two met. Yeah, exactly. And that actor mm -hmm. says to this day, people call him dickless on the sidewalk. <laughs> and so uh, for three years after this movie came out, he was in Die Hard. And his, he was like the TMZ-esque report, news reporter. And his, mm -hmm. name, his name was Dick something. <laughs> so No Dick, way. It was, yeah. I shit you not. Wow. So he just plays a dick in every movie he's in. I guess he'd been typecasted after that encounter in I the, guess uh, so. the mayor's office. I'm going to go with the quotes for 200. Peter Venkman. Wait, wait. I've always wanted to try this. I mean, he pulled... And the flowers are still standing. I think that's what they're looking for, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Colby. Let's do the men for two. The men for 200. Okay. Egon collects these strange things. You have to know this. Mucus, spores, and fungus, or something like that, or something. Think you, you're right on mold, it. Mold, for... spores, and fungus. yes, yes. There you go. Mold, spores, and fungus. Mucus is what Bill and Murray says. And... Egon, your your uh, <laughs> your mucus. Your mucus. <laughs> Someone blows your nose, and you want to keep it. <laughs> All right. So the technology for two hundred. What kind of meter does Egon use in the library? E now EVP what is the do you know what this one is because you can have the points on it if you know I don't know it not the top of my head because you know he has this little thing with yeah. the little is it the same thing he uses in the hotel when he like pokes that dude <laughs> that's yes one my, that's one of my favorite Egon scenes <laughs> just I like, love that the scene. little things that these characters do just tells so you subtle. I mean, and I know that a lot of this shit was improvised which I appreciate I love that. I don't even he, think he goes up the guy and then he like, <laughs> yeah, yep, <laughs> he's real. <laughs> I don't even think Rick Moranis did anything that wasn't improvised. As far as like, you know, that scene where he's walking down and he's like explaining the price of the salmon, but he attacks right off. That was a really long shot. Really, he's the camera's panning down the table, following him. He did that all improvised in one take. What a genius of yeah. an actor! I mean, like for, honestly, he is, and I mean. He's one of those underrated guys. I believe his wife died and he he got out of the game to raise his kids. I know. That's RIP to his career because he was great. But the wife. And yeah. super funny. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know what this is. I guess I'll just take an L. PKE. I oh, never you were so cool. That. But you said like EKG or something, didn't you? you were I, yeah, but that's like what monitors your heart rate. So well, that's it's PKE. Not... I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I don't know. I missed that one. What are you going with? Uh, let's do ghosts for two. Okay. What's 
What was Ray's big plan to capture the ghost in the library? Get her! <laughs> yeah. Get her done. <laughs> All right, you get the points on that. I'm going to go with um, the quotes for 100. Peter Venkman, we came, we saw, we kicked its ass, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. All caps, kicked its ass. <laughs> What's your category? Let's do supporting cast for two. See what kind of interesting questions. How many feet above the cover since Dana's sleep? I think it's four. You're saying no. I'm not going to say the answer, but that's I'm... not it. Okay, well, that was my... Use answer. your best conspiracy mind to Six. think about what it might... Okay, thank you. Oh, you're right! Oh my gosh, you're getting a point for sure, <laughs> but that just goes to show you how bad my memory is. I just watched this and I thought, why didn't he say six? You know, six feet I, in my mind, under, six feet like apart. Six feet above the covers, but no, nope, well, you were I just right. could see Bill Murray four feet above the covers. <laughs> mm. All right, I'm going with the ghost for 100. What did the first ghost that the Ghostbusters caught do to Peter? The first ghost that they caught. Oh, the Slimer. He's got slimed, right? Yep. Slimed. It's funny how underwhelming that delivery is on Bill Murray's part, even though this is an iconic line in the movie. I think um, I would have had the same reaction. I think that the... You feel funky. Yeah, I think the funniness of that scene comes from him just being totally yeah. underwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, on, I, honestly, I love how in the beginning in the library, he's the most skeptical out of the three of them. But when they see the ghost for the first time, he's the one who's not even faced by it. He's like, he's well, what like, do we do? so what do we do? <laughs> Egon, right. Egon shows the most emotion in the entire movie in that scene when they see the ghost for the first time. Or, and then no, like almost nothing for the rest of the movie. Aside from in the uh, mayor's office where he goes, your mother. <laughs> like so, so out of character for him and such a diss your mother <laughs> i watched this interview um of his daughter and she was like i just want everyone to know that my dad was nothing like egon yeah that he was actually really funny and well, super he directed some of the best comedies of the last 30 years yeah for some reason people see him as being like this real it was this um, role that did it to him yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. exactly what's your category uh let's do men for a hundred okay peter is this doctor's first name are they just going for venkman is that really what they're going for i, I mean i'm saying i don't know what else they could oh my god is that even a question well that was it was 100 that's like you know what is it yeah. who wants to be a millionaire the the first question it's always the throwaway right jeez I'm going with the technology for 100. In the elevator at the hotel, what do the Ghostbusters have strapped to their back? An unlicensed nuclear accelerator, right? I was going to say proton pack, but that's what they <clears throat> call it in that scene. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Even if you get this one, I still win. You know, I like how you didn't get stuck on 33. <laughs> got off of that number. Now if I can get off 3,000. Supporting cast. Well, he's Lewis Tully's day job was this. 
Yes. So we were close. Yeah. 300 point difference. That, That's pretty that, good. That, uh, you know what fucked me was it the Casey Kasem's wife. Yeah. And that I was the hardest question too. on the whole board. Isn't that weird? <laughs> you went for throats, though. You were like supporting cats for 500. I was like, oh, shit. I think that one was the 400. No. Let's see. see. Oh, that was the 500. Damn. And you got that one. No, that's because I've watched the, the movie a thousand times. It was the three. Wait a second. What? Yeah, that's crazy. What that, a question. That, that should have been four or five. Four or five least. for sure. Okay. Let's... Good job, Julia. If I was going to lose to somebody, I'd want it to be you. Okay. <laughs> we'll have to do another one of horror movies or like Stanley Kubrick Jeopardy. Stanley then, Kubrick. I, I'm not a huge horror mm -hmm. guy, but I do love everything Kubrick and Ridley Scott. Well, I'll I'll try to find one and then we can play that next time. We still need to do our little uh I know round table with Davey and maybe another person even, but at least us three doing Kubrick. We could definitely all three play Jeopardy too. So I'll look for one and we'll have to get that in the works. But tonight we are going all Ghostbusters. I'm talking Ghostbusters one and two. I have so many notes. I'm really excited to get into this. But if you're okay with it, I'm just going to read off for the listeners a little bit of the stuff uh, that everybody knows. Ghostbusters is a 1984 American supernatural comedy film directed and produced by Ivan Reitman and written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. It stars Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, and um, let's see, Sigourney Weaver, Rick Moranis, and Annie Potts. And it's based on... Dan Aykroyd's own fascination with spirituality. Do you have any extra bits you want to add? Uh, just as far as Dan Aykroyd goes, I think it's intriguing that his great grand grandfather in the 1900s was a paranormal investigator, I believe. Dude, when I looked into it, it said he was a spiritualist quote-unquote like okay. that's how well, they that... describe a marina abramovich as a spiritualist that's I, I, literally the term that they I describe her as a cunt <laughs> that's just me uh she's a performance artist right i don't know what she was but they called her a spiritualist she's many so things, but that's crazy that they put those two in the same basket well and the thing is is like Dan Aykroyd had to rewrite okay. everything because that was the it, other thing. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be a comedy at first. It was going to be I've like said an that before, epic sci-fi, epic. Yeah, epic. like there was going to be uh, dimension jumping. There was going to be like the original uh, Stay Puft was like one of many sequences of them fighting like huge monstrosities and shit. I mean, he was ahead of his time. If he had like the budget of Disney and Marvel. He could have made the thing that he wrote. Yeah, he could have. And so he actually, so when they told him it was never going to work as a sci-fi film and he was like, okay, it's got to be a comedy. He actually was writing a role for um, John Belushi because mm -hmm. of the Blues Brothers. And he wanted to do this with him. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but he died, John Belushi died in 1982, and the script had to be rewritten again. Do you and know I have some about more Slimer? interesting about Slimer. Was that a rewrite? Slimer was an homage to John Belushi. They were trying to make like a John Belushi esque from Animal House type character. <gasps> so that is, oh, wow. That's the tip of the hat to John Belushi. Oh, well, that's freaking awesome. Cause like I researched this thing up and down and that I did not know. Well, so also, that's a really good find. In the video game, apparently there was a video game. Uh, they did a, like a digital version of John Belushi as his spiritual advisor. He's a ghost. And he comes back and t talks to Dan Aykroyd and gives him advice and shit. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. That's really cool. Um, So I have some weird stuff that I found about John Belushi's death that I'll get into in just a second. But so Ghostbusters was released on June 8th. And people were really skeptical that this was even going to be a good movie, but it, you know, obviously became like a cultural phenomenon. I think but it was what's the number crazy, one grossing comedy until Home Alone came out. It was, but like when you compare it to the other movies that came out that year, it's like, what a year to be alive. Like, dude, Ghostbusters dropped and then it was Gremlins, The Karate Kid, The Terminator, A Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, and The Never Ending Story all came out this year and Ghostbusters wow. like topped them all. But when you think cultural standards, like what's a cult classic? They're all cult classics. And they all Gremlins, Terminator. Yeah, that's crazy. They're all the original movies and franchises, right? Right. Movies? Yes. So, I mean, like, damn, I would I have loved that. to be alive in 1984. I was, but I was one years old, so I wasn't really watching <laughs> movies yet. I wouldn't be born for another 10 years. <laughs> but I love all those movies, like The NeverEnding Story, come on, Falcor. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But so Ghostbusters, like I said, was inspired by Dan Aykroyd's fascination with and belief in the paranormal. Um, and let's see. He inherited, which he inherited this interest from his father, who later wrote a book called A History of Ghosts. His mother claimed to have paranormal experiences. His grandfather experimented with radios to contact the dead. And was a renowned spiritualist. And then it says, in 1981, Dan Aykroyd read an article on quantum physics and parapsychology. And it gave him the idea of actually trapping ghosts. And so the idea of Ghostbusters was born. And um, he actually, the original script, after he decided it was going to be a comedy, was going to star John Belushi and Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, you know, it, I feel like Ernie Hudson got the shaft in a lot of ways on this. He did. They, they really shrunk his part down after Eddie Murphy was tied up with shooting Beverly Hills Cop. Which is but a great movie, by the way. Also a great movie. And it, it, he just, it took too long for Aykroyd to get this off the ground. But do you do you realize that when he finally was given the green light, they were giving him the release date 
a for, from the day he got it at the stamp of approval of 14 months to hit theaters. So this was shot and That's edited in 14 too, months. Especially like, with think all about the really that. cool like they some of the coolest shit. Like I hate CGI. I don't watch shit like that, like the newer stuff, but like the, the opening scene with the cards, they just pushed the drawers out and they had a vacuum and they were blowing those cards up. Like real <gasps> low, real low bud shit. And wow. then of course they have like the ghosts which is green screen technology. And then they have the stop start with uh, the dogs, you know, the gatekeeper mm-hmm. and the key master. The worst graphics in that movie are the dogs. They are. Everything else looks pretty, pretty dope. Apparently if you get the 4k updated high def shit, the dogs look pretty cool, but I kind of like the nostalgic, like shitty stop start <laughs> animation for 1984. It looked pretty fucking good. <laughs> okay they're the worst thing you're right they are the worst things in the movie everything else that fucking creepy ass taxi driver dude colby they look like dog turds (laughs) they look look so bad my friend had a boxer pit mix that looked just like those fucking things without the red eyes they they were hairless they literally looked like walking piles of shit (laughs) i mean they were but so is this dog I'm describing. Uh, but no, okay. So I want to, I want to give the listeners a little background on the death of John Belushi because, and I hope this is uh, even impressive to you, because I did a kind of a deep dive on that. And so John Belushi had an accidental quote unquote death in March of 1982. And it says that he died from a combination of bad drugs by a drug dealer named Kathy Smith. And it says that he was injected with a mixture of heroin, cocaine, um, and it was like a deadly amount. Um, And it was at the Chateau Marmont Hotel in West Hollywood, California. So I know you've heard me talk about the Chateau Marmont before. Mm -hmm. And this is the hotel that was the inspiration for Hotel California, but it's also been referred to in songs by like Miley Cyrus, um, Panic at the Disco, The Grateful Dead, Lana Del Rey. They all talk about the Chateau Marmont and um, Tuesday Weld, Anton LaVey. They all talked about the Chateau Marmont um, and. I think that it's interesting that he would have died there. Now, do you think that he was murdered? Uh, there's some stuff around his death that I recently heard that really tripped me the fuck out. But mm-hmm. I don't know what the reason for murdering him. Of course, he did die at 33, mm-hmm. which like Chris Farley and John. How old was John Candy when he died? I can Google it really quick. But do you know see. the connection between all those three that I just named and Phil Hartman and a few other dead comedians? But what? They looked at this script and it was about a Canadian. It was a Canadian thing and it was a, about a Eskimo. It was a comedy. And anybody who like read this role ended up dying. You're shitting so me. So I heard this last week. It was this guy named Tom. Tomas or Thomas and he's a stand-up comedian that Davey Wavy used to work with and this was the second time he had him on and this guy's pretty like 
straight and narrow when it comes to conspiracies, but he brought this to Davy's attention. Davy hadn't heard of it. I haven't heard of it. Apparently you haven't. I'll get the title of the movie and send it to you. You're going to do a whole episode on it. I can already tell. Oh, <laughs> shut the uh, front door. This, is that real? Google what movie did and list some of those actors I just named. What script did they? It's cursed script that Belushi, Candy, Farley, Hartman. What script did they look at? Okay, let's see if it comes up. Because Davy was able to bring it up when they were talking about it. Uh, a took. Yep, that's it. That's the name Hollywood Atuk's script something. that killed six actors. It's right here. <gasps> what so who, the fuck is this? Wait missing? a second. Wait I a second. Five. It says a call. Uh, Hollywood script that has killed six actors. Um, the story is about an Inuit poem, something, something Toronto, but the movie, he lives in Alaska, Jesus Christ, a woman visits his town in Alaska, da, 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 John Belushi, two months later, Catherine Evelyn Smith, oh that's the that's who killed him the script went back to the market uh sam kennison oh he read for it too yep dead john candy dead chris farley dead um i must have missed someone did anybody look at it did you say phil hartman phil hartman dead did you did you does it say anything about anybody reading it that didn't die? Or is it just everybody who fucking, and they probably canned this thing after six people were killed by it. I would say uh, you got to close the movie down. I mean, so 3 a.m. Someone entered the bedroom of Phil Hartman and shot him twice in the head. That So we have a three there. And then Chris Farley was 33. John Candy. He was older than that. Was on his. He was 43. Ooh, three. And then. This guy, Sam Kinison. You know who he is? Stand up comedian. He had like long curly hair and he always wore a beret. He was a big dude and he'd always be like, I, I. After his jokes, he had this scream. He was a preacher. He was Weird. came from a religious background, and he was going to be a preacher, but he became this coked up stand up. You'd like him. You should check him out, Sam Kinison. That's I'll have to look into it. It just says in 1988, managed eight days of filming before they halted the production. So eight. Um, then you know you're a big eight person, <laughs> right? John Belushi was 33. Wow, what a rabbit hole. Let me not just tie right off into that for too long. But so the whole hotel, Mar- the, the Chateau Marmont thing, I think is also a connection with that because it's like a cursed place. Mm-hmm. And actually, there was something. Yeah, right here. So I found an interview of Dan Aykroyd and it was someone talking to him and asking him if he ever had any like real life paranormal experiences and he said 
So the interviewer says, as an actor and musician, you've traveled the world and stayed in many hotels. What have what have been your own paranormal hotel experiences? And he said, I have not had many hotel experiences. The Chateau Marmot has a lot of stuff going on, though, and I've stayed there a lot. Things have come off the wall, and I had an out-of-body experience there once, and I was flying around the dining room. What? Yeah, he was astral projecting? And it says, I guess so, and then it says, um, the lamp broke after my friend said he saw the lamp above him start to shake and he says that was just before john belushi died two weeks later okay i was gonna ask if this interview was post belushi death apparently it is right and it says actually i had a friend who was a sensitive and went to the place where john died and he said he saw him john appeared to him at the chateau marmont he was a green slammer <laughs> so interesting right yeah especially with this cursed script which i'm just gonna have to look into that at I know, another isn't time that, but isn't that something that we mind should all know blowing about? yet mind blowing i, I wonder if why. they finished making the movie no, i'm not gonna the, look the it movie, up now the but... movie is sitting it's still available but no one wants to touch it apparently i'm not i'm not watching it it's like playing superman so yeah they will never film this movie i don't think there's unless there's like some actor who's suicidal and he's like let's just try to make this movie before i fucking right why don't they pick like jared leto or somebody (laughs) nobody cares about gain Uh, some weight jared you're gonna be a fat eskimo right let me get off my cross okay man i hate like who who's the actor who was in um he's just not that into you and the tusk Justin Long. You don't like or, him? Yeah, he can be in that movie. I fucking hate him as an actor. And his face annoys every well, cell in my body. He did do a really good George Harrison and Dewey Cox. I don't that, give I a shit what you. he did. <laughs> so I want to break down the storyline here. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. So we got the library opening. Iconic as ever. Just like you said before, it's kind of low budget effects but absolutely iconic the cards are flying out of the little things and we have uh, our first sighting of the old lady librarian ghost and the next scene that it cuts to after that is one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie i don't know why but when Peter Venkman is giving electroshock fucking yes. therapy well, to these kids. I think kids. it's a misunderstood scene too. Do you? Yeah, I because everybody I've ever heard talk about it says this is the scene where you can really tell that Peter is not really into the studies; that he's just a sleaze bag and he's just interested in hooking up with this girl. Uh... But no, he he is doing negative reinforcement of esp so he's proving that if somebody's angry that they'll start being esp and psychic yeah and so he's like letting the girl get all the right answers even though she gets none of them right and as it goes on he starts getting the cards right 
And he does because he's yeah. like a couple wavy lines. Yeah, and, and he's, he's just like, "This is just not your day." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he, he like reaches towards the button. He's like, "No, no." And then he looks at her and, and he's he, like, <laughs> <laughs> "He zaps the shit out of him and the little gum flies." Yeah, this has really well, started to piss me off. You but can yet, keep the five bucks. But to say what I was going to say, he definitely does not miss the opportunity to slide in and try to hit on the girl. But he was doing his serious study, I thought. And Who I was agree. that actress, Elizabeth Shue? No, it was somebody that didn't do a lot. But I just heard this in something I was listening to yesterday. But I've gotten my notes that how much I love the card ESP studies. And I have in parentheses MKUltra. Like, mm. what kind of shit are they doing at this school? Because do you remember when they lose their funding, Ackroyd's pissed, and or not pissed, but he's distraught. He's like, Stanford, MIT, forget about it. They want to touch us with a 10-foot pole now. And he's yes. like, I love that seat also because he's telling him, like, you've never been out of the university field. Like, private sector, they expect results. They and expect results. <laughs> to yes. me, that was almost a, an homage to uh, trading places with him because mm. there's a line about that in there too so, so if i was gonna rate scenes by the way and i don't know why but the the scene where he's electroshocking that guy is like probably one of my top three favorite scenes in the entire movie nervous yes i don't like this you only have 75 more to go okay what's this one couple of wavy lines sorry this isn't your lucky day <laughs> i know um get a little tired of this you volunteered didn't you we're paying you aren't we yeah but i didn't know you were gonna be giving me electric shocks what are you trying to prove here anyway i'm studying the effect of negative reinforcement on esp ability the effect i'll tell you what the effect is it's pissing me off well, then maybe my theory is correct. Okay, keep the five bucks. I've had it. I will, mister. And it's like the character Bill Murray is portraying is such a pretentious asshole, but he's like so smart and funny that you almost don't care if he's as into it as Egon and Ray. So you have that aspect in all three of the characters egon is like the brain and ray is like the really excited one that just believes in everything and then you have venkman He's... who's skeptical of everything i'd say that uh ray and peter are actually very much like the actors portraying them where harold ramus like you established earlier is pretty much the polar opposite but i do feel like bill murray this was the role for him because i think they'd already done stripes but if mm -hmm. you look at everything that Bill Murray's done since, he is Peter Venkman. Like, mm -hmm. And I think that that is Bill Murray. I think Bill Murray did a lot of improvisation with this role. And you know what I would what I would compare it to is if you've seen one Vince Vaughn movie, you've seen all Vince Vaughn movies. Precisely. Like Bill Murray is that guy. He's he's Peter Venkman in almost every role he plays, except for what about Bob? What about Bob's different? Yeah. Groundhog Day's Peter Vakeman, right? Except yeah, for, yeah. Except for there's Scrooge. a there's a character arc with Groundhog Day. I love that fucking Ghostbusters breaks that rule. There is not a character arc for a single fucking person in this movie. <laughs> no, not even, even carrying it, on into the second movie. Even at the end, when Rick Moranis is like, 
you know, just getting left in the dust. It's just like, (laughs) right. Wasn't until Um, Ghostbusters 2 where he has his day. Which I just love him as an actor. I used to be really obsessed with Honey. I blew up the kid, not shrunk, but blew up. It was my favorite one. Um, So after they get kicked out of the university, they find the firehouse. And one of my most favorite quotes from the movie comes from Spangler. It just seems a little pricey for a unique fixer-upper opportunity, that's all. What do you think, Egon? I think this building should be condemned. There's serious metal fatigue in all the load-bearing members. The wiring is substandard. It's completely inadequate for our power needs. And the neighborhood is like a demilitarized zone. Hey, does this pole still work? Wow, this place is great. When can we move in? You've got to try this poll. I'm going to get my stuff. That is. And then he goes, I think we'll take it. Well, no, because at, right after he says all that, Ray comes running. He's like, Does this poll still work, guys. And then like Bill Murray and him look at each other because he's all excited about it. He's like, and then and he's Egon's like, let's, like let's, let's sleep here tonight. Let's try it out. He's like a little teenager. Try it out. Right. He's like 19%. You didn't even bargain with the guy. <laughs> totally took out a second mortgage on his house. And like, so they're they're going full fledged into it. But right after that, we see the first scene with Sigourney Weaver and Lewis Tully. And um, that's another iconic scene. I mean, when he runs out of his apartment, he's like, you know, I always keep like a lot of nutritious snacks in the house, low, low sodium mineral water or like whatever the little thing is, he says. Oh, Dan, it's you. Oh, hi. Yes, Lewis, it's me. I thought it was a drugstore. Oh, are you sick? Oh, no, no, I'm fine. I feel great. Just ordered some more vitamins and stuff. I was just exercising. I taped 20-minute workout on my machine and played it back at high speed, so it only took 10 minutes. I got a great workout. Good. You want to come in for a mineral water or Oh, I'd really like to, um, Lewis, but I have to go to rehearsal now. Excuse me. No sweat. I'll take a rain check on that. I always have plenty of low-sodium mineral water and other nutritious foods in the house, but you already know that. Yeah, I know that. But did you catch the Easter egg when the, the groceries start exploding on the countertop? Yeah, there's the little foreshadowing of the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, Dana meets the Ghostbusters. And in that scene, there's, like, a mention of... Um, he's like, oh, well, Venkman's like, I'll go back to her apartment and I'll check her out. I mean, I'll check her apartment out. And... Egon says, well, we'll check all the normal literature, you know, the Tobin spirit (laughs) guide. And I Googled it and that's not, it's not a real thing. I wanted it to be a real thing. It's not. What about like Zool and Gozer and these Sumerian things? Is this a real thing? Because I was going to also look into that and I never did. Are those real? Yeah, it's real. It's real. So the only thing that wasn't real in in that aspect was like this Tobin spirit guide or whatever. It doesn't exist. I really am um, curious about that Philadelphia mass turbulence of 1947 when he's talking about the books being stuck. You, I wonder if that's real. You should look it up because when I hear Philadelphia, I think of like the Philadelphia, Philadelphia ex- experiment. Yeah. Experiment, and right? What year was yeah. that? Do you know? It was in the 20s. Okay. The Phil- Philadelphia experiment was in the 20s. If I'm, if it wasn't in the 20s, it was like in the 40s because like it was super old. I do want to say. At the beginning of this movie, it presents itself as a is either a horror movie or a drama. It doesn't open up like a comedy. And I think the music is really key in this movie. It's like 
the it's soundtrack like is dynamite. It's almost like 70s, 80s horror. Like, mm-hmm. it's really good. It reminds me of like Rosemary's Baby and shit like that. Like, just even really... in the second one, the the score... but it's different guys, right? The, the it's different one. guys, but the soundtrack of the first Ghostbusters, who are you gonna call? Like, that that's iconic forever. But I always thought was that was Huey Lewis in the news too, and it's not. It's Ray Parker Jr. You're right. There's another song though, when it's the dream sequence and Ray's having a dream. There's like a ghost taking his pants off or something, and and that's then... based on something real. What? Yeah, that happened. No. To... So Dan Aykroyd. It implies he's going to get a blowjob from a ghost, but that's like a dream, right? But he went on Joe Rogan's podcast like fucking five or six years ago. And I fucking love Dan Aykroyd. I love everything he's done. I love every character he's ever played, even like the stupider roles. But Mm -hmm. uh, he told Joe Rogan that when he and his family bought a house in Northern California, that he was the, it was one of the first nights he was sleeping there that part i'm not exactly clear on i'm pretty sure it was pretty fresh the house the house purchase and he said that he felt a presence start to spoon him and that he was <gasps> fucking petrified and paralyzed and joe's like wow man was it was it like a like a, a masculine or a feminine presence and dan Aykroyd, without even breaking his breaking his expression just goes well, it felt like it could have been masculine. And so, and then he, and Rogan's asking him, well, is that what that scene in Ghostbusters came from? He's like, yeah, that's what inspired that. Whoa. Yeah. Damn. That's fucking crazy. So he really does have like, he could do a paranormal podcast. Like he's totally into it. I'm pretty sure he was talking about it at one point. I don't know if he ever did, but he has that crystal skull vodka he's really into uh ufos too and bigfoot like he's known for believing everything paranormal like there's not anything he's really skeptical about as far as so i guess like i think he's crazy i don't think he's crazy but i I mean like in the second movie he owns a bookstore right raise a cult so i guess like it really is him like he's almost playing himself in the movie He's played probably what he would have tried to do if he didn't become a comedian slash actor. Wow. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dana meets the Ghostbusters. They go back to her hotel or or they go back to her apartment. Then they get their first call. Hello, Ghostbusters. Yes, of course, they're serious. You do? You have? No kidding. Uh-huh. Well, just uh, just give me the address. Uh-huh. Yes, of course. Oh, they'll be totally discreet. Thank you. We got one! The call! Uh, we got one and they 
meet the Slimer and the accelerator packs on their back. Da, da, da. Flowers are still standing. I love when they're in the elevator and he has Egon flips Ray on. And then he, this is just <laughs> another one of those great things Harold Rams does. He kind of just scoots back real cautiously. <laughs> like, <laughs> And they're kind of like nudging closer. Like, they, they have not tested this shit out at all. I mean, that's implied <laughs> no. heavily. This mm-hmm. is the test. What the hell are you doing? Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. We thought you were someone else. The when they're breaking down the prices too, you can see Egon just like, yep, yep. I'm gonna yep. ask you for I four big scene. ones for that, and then the thousand so dollar containing fee too. So mm-hmm. I love it. Yes. Well, we could just put it right back in there, can't we? Oh, right. We most certainly can. <laughs> yeah, then, they haven't thought any of this through. <laughs> no, but if you think about it, the whole them making money on this. It being Ghostbusters or whatever. I can see how the story progressed into the second movie because they were so successful and there was such a surge because of this Gozer thing. And then like what happens after that? After they've destroyed they the, the portal, they put him on yeah. the other side. You would imagine that it went like way downhill after that. And then that kind of enters us into the second movie because like nobody even cares about the Ghostbusters anymore. But like it's five year gap, correct? Five years. Yes. I could still I I have that opening scene memorized five years later and then the crack in the sidewalk and the baby carriage and the pink slime. And that's etched into my memory because as a kid. Like I said, I was one when the first one came out, but then my brother and I started watching the Saturday morning cartoon and my mom's like, you know, that's a movie. So she rented it for us. So by the time the second one came out, we were like waiting for it and we liked it more as kids. We thought it was better, even though it's clearly not better. It was so. Oh, cool. I was going to ask you if you still stand by that, if you think the second no. one, do you, this- do you think it's just as good or do you think it's worse? I think it's just as good, but I think the third, first third of the movie, so act one, is original as fuck. And then the second two acts are just the first movie made Repeated. over again with different mm-hmm. different characters, but the scenario is the exact same. I agree with you. I think the first half of the movie is really good, and then it kind of was like, ah, we all knew this was going to happen, right? But I mean, uh, before we jump guy, into oh, yeah, yeah, this, let's finish the first before, one. Yeah, before we jump into that one, I have to say we meet Winston in the iconic, like, do you believe in da 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 da? Then we meet Walter Peck. And then they go to prison or jail, and uh, Dana gets possessed. And there's this song that plays. After they release all the ghosts back, they shut the containment facility down. There's this song. And yes. Do you believe in magic? Magic. That scene as a little kid creeped me the fuck out. That whole entire scene. That's, I think, where Dan Aykroyd got to have a little bit of creative freedom because that's the creepiest scene in the entire movie mm-hmm. when all the ghosts are getting let loose on the city. And it's like, magic, magic. That song was perfection. Do you know who what... that was? I'm going to Google it because I just put it in my notes like, I love that song. Yeah, but it's just I'm so perfect see... for that scene. 
Ghostbusters magic song. All right, so the song is Magic by Mick Smiley. <laughs> Never fucking heard of that guy. It's a creepy name. Hey, it's Mick and Smiley, kids. <laughs> it's not Do You Believe in Magic? It says, I believe it's magic, magic. Yeah. I believe it's, it's magic. magic. So <laughs> I wonder, like, that song was already a thing then. It wasn't written for the movie. That's I cool. guess. Um, while they're in jail, they talk about some moldy Babylonian god is going to come back. It's and da, da, da. It's Marion. <laughs> thank you. I love um, that. I love It's like it's such a dickish thing to do in that moment, but he's so matter of fact that he can't let it slide. <laughs> I know, right? I looked into the story. It's all made up. I really wish that it would have been true, but there's oh, the nothing architect? to it. Yeah, the architect. Oh, okay. It's yeah. All he's just... got a he's got a cult of like a thousand followers, and they yeah, sacrifice and he, up on the. He built that building to. What's cool yeah, is no. that for the first twenty floors of that building are real, and then they did like a matte special effects matte painting for the the mm. top part. I thought it looked great. I, I thought it looked great. It looked terrific. But I just, you know, I was like, dang, dang. the story wasn't real. And so this do you where... think it's weird that they had the plans with them in, in jail? Yeah, they wouldn't have been able to get in there. That's with so, that. I have another plot hole from the beginning where they get canned from the university. They just filmed an encounter with a ghost. Why doesn't he just show them that and say, hey, look, we're making headway. Look at this. We just filmed a fucking ghost. That's interesting. But did but they again, film it? He has the camera. I don't know if it ever actually shows him filming it. I think he was Yeah, too... because he's like taking a million pictures of it. Remember? And he's like clicking the camera over and over again. But he's got that in the camera library. with the special filter. It just showed up in the mail that day. Like right before they went. So he was able to film it, but I don't know if he did. I know he was snapping pictures of stuff. But anyway, I just thought they just like had their first encounter and they didn't even like try to save their jobs by telling the guy that. Yeah, that. Well, they had to get kicked out for the rest of the movie to make exactly. sense. But the thing is, the the short amount of time they had to pull this off, you have months. to ignore the potholes. Like, I can't. You have I, to. I forgive Ghostbusters for having two or three, but they're not that big. So what? They had plans in jail. Did, you know, maybe he snuck them in <laughs> somehow. And they just, yeah, they were able to have this whole blueprint in jail. And uh, is everyone getting this? I love when Bill Murray says that because <laughs> everybody's kind of like watching. What, what was that did. thing he said? He said, uh, you better, so, you better, you better watch <laughs> out. Someone, you better be good for goodness sake. Someone's coming. <laughs> someone's coming. <laughs> it almost like he's going to break into a Christmas song. You better watch out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, they go meet the mayor after that, and there's the iconic dickless scene. The Ghostbusters are here, Mr. Mayor. The Ghostbusters. Okay, the Ghostbusters. Hey, where's this Peck? Hey, I am Walter Peck, sir, and I'm prepared to make a full report. These men are consummate snowball artists. They use sense and nerve gases to induce hallucinations. People think they're seeing ghosts. 
And they call these bozos who conveniently show up to deal with the problem with a fake electronic light show. Everything was fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by Dickless here. They caused an explosion. Is this true? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Well, that's what I heard. This city hall. Now, what am I going to do here, John? What is this? Well, I'm not going to call a press conference until everyone has thought praying. <clears throat> uh, I'm uh, Winston Zettimore, Yana. Look, I've only been with the company for a couple of weeks. But I got to tell you, these things are real. Since I joined these men, I have seen shit that'll turn you white. Well, you could believe, Mr. Pecker. My name is Peck. Or you could accept the fact that this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Enough, I get the point. And I've he's like, cats and dogs living, living together. together. Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. Is uh, <laughs> Do you think that that dickless scene was improvised or do you think that was written? Because it's so perfect. That is too good not to be written. I mean, dickless here shut good. off our power grid. Is this it's true? true. <laughs> this man has no dick. <laughs> I also think it's interesting that the, the priest dude comes in and he has some kind of dominion over the mayor. Mm, and he gives him a kiss and he's like hello Lenny or whatever he says yeah and then there's rabbis jumping up and down when they're outside the building a little later mm -hmm. it's like all the religions are backing them and you can tell how each character kind of is portrayed in the entire movie by their reaction to the crowd scene because Egon and Ray are totally like oh my god like what is going on but Peter's like shaking hands and Peter's yeah, like we're fucking here to save the day Elon Musk yeah. on the red carpet <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like what do you want me to do? kiss your baby like it's like the whole you know egotistical thing they mm -hmm. end up saving the day right they go to the apartment there's this whole standoff. It's um, whatever they save the day. But what's interesting to me, what I wrote down notes for is that once the Ghostbusters vanquished Gozer, the Gozerian, right? And they're all covered in the marshmallow ooze. Which um, is just shaving cream, I think. It looks so real to me, though. They're it does. It looks like melted marshmallow. But Peter's barely got all... any on him. Who's dick did um, Bill Murray suck to be like, I just want a little bit on my cheek. Just, the, just the other put a guys. little little on my head. That's all. Don't get it on my face. Don't get it, it also, on my face. Like It's a good representation of his character, though. He, like, he can step in shit and come away clean every time. He's like, he's like <laughs> right. te Teflon Don. But th there's a scene after that where Dan Aykroyd tells Tully after they break him out of the dog thing, he goes... You were an unwilling participant in the biggest interdimensional cross rip since the Tunguska blast of 1909. And? It turns out there was a huge explosion in central Russia in 1908, what they call the result of a meteorite impact. It's and according Russia. to Wikipedia, okay, 
it flattened 80 million trees and caused a shock wave that will that registered on the Richter scale. And so my question to you is, do you think the OG Tunguska blast really was an interdimensional cross rip? <laughs> well, I'm going to have to side with Dan Aykroyd on this because he I also he, side. he would have looked into it extensively <laughs> if he was going to make a reference to it. To also, put that in the script, that's big. But here's the thing that I pulled up from earlier. Sadly, the Philadelphia mass turbulence of 1947 is not a thing that has happened. And it's this article about the Ghostbusters scene. So Damn. he just he just made that shit up. Possibly. That fucking sucks. I like that, though. I totally forgot about that one. I was kind of falling asleep near the end of the movie. I just, oh, I love I love the. uh the whole scene with that, I think she's a Hungarian actress with the flat top. Aim for the flat top. But yeah. Are, are you, you a, a god? god? Yeah. And Winston's great line. When someone asks you if you're a god. <laughs> you say yes, damn it. You say yes. <laughs> He's got some good one-liners that just kind of come out of nowhere. I think they're like, they knew that they shafted the part. He was just mm. happy to be a part of the movie. And he also did get a bigger part in the second one. So he did get a bigger part in the second one. But what people discount, which is one of the best scenes in Ghostbusters, is when Winston and Ray are in the car. I got notes about that. Yes. And he says something about, do you believe in God? And Dan Aykroyd says something. And he was like, I love Jesus's style. And they talk about the end times and they talk about the, the revelations and the revelation. Harry, do you believe in God? Never met him. Yeah, well, I do. And I love Jesus' style, you know. This roof cap is made of a magnesium tungsten alloy. What are you so involved with here? These are the blueprints for the structural ironwork in Dana Barrett's apartment building, and they're very, very strange. Hey, Ray, do you remember something in the Bible about the last days when the dead would rise from the grave? I remember Revelation 7, 12. And I looked as he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became as black as sackcloth, and the moon became as blood. And the seas boiled, and the skies fell. Judgment day. Judgment day. Every ancient religion has its own myth about the end of the world. Myth? Ray, has it ever occurred to you that maybe the reason we've been so busy lately is because the dead have been rising from the grave? How about a little music? Yeah. That's Winston, which people don't give him credit for having a cooler part because he's literally brought well, the one that brought it up. I know. And then Ray like mentions this passage and Winston f finishes it. And it's the sixth seal. And to me that I always ever since because I'm a huge Waco guy and this is the 30th anniversary of Waco. Whenever I hear anything about the seven seals, I can't not think about David Koresh because his whole fucking shtick was him interpreting the seven seals of the revelations in a way that no one ever had. That's why he had that cult. 
I'm sure you know. So can about you him. read it? Can you read us the uh, scripture that they were? Let me pull it up. Quoting. Revelation six still. Because I do think that it's kind of interesting to me that this is a movie where they mix paranormal religion and science and they do it quite well. It's so all in there. phenomenal. Yep. So here is what is the sixth seal in Revelation? I looked when he opened the sixth seal and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became like blood. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Yep, that's okay. the one they read. And then they go judgment day. Judgment day. I love how they're like, it's all creepy and silent. They're like, let's turn on the radio. Like, let's get some uh -huh. music. Right. But so like, as, as far as that goes, I think it's an interesting tie in with Zool. And they're talking about the Sumerian god and blah, blah, blah. And Zul is a real creature that existed billions of years ago. And it says. Did you say billions or millions? Uh, billions of years ago, according to this uh, article I found. And it says, but in reality, the dog-like creature represented in Ghostbusters is a representation of the hounds of hell guarding the demigod Gozer as she is summoned in the end times so and Gozer's what's interesting a right so what i've been harping on people is that i think the antichrist in real life will be female whether that be a born female or otherwise so elon musk is going to have a transition i swear <laughs> think about it colby hey i'm all about it I mean, it's trans, like, transgender, transhuman. I think transhumanism yeah. is the Antichrist personified myself. But Everyone's looking for this male, this Antichrist being a man. But so is it I, Grimes? Think, I think it's going to be a female. I'm just you saying. have anybody in mind? Any, any not at the moment, but I maybe do they think haven't presented themselves yet or herself. I don't yet. think so. Okay. Nope, I don't think so. When Elon's but kids be on maybe. the lookout. And just know, Colby, look into my eyes. You heard it on the Cosmic Peach podcast first. <laughs> do you want to jump into Ghostbusters 2 real quick? Yeah, I did want to, before we do that, can I mention some things about the cartoon that I find interesting? Yeah, go ahead. So the cartoon ran for, fuck, it was a few seasons. I, it was one of my favorite Saturday morning cartoons. Slimer is actually like a pet in that show. He's, you know, he talks and shit. Did you ever watch any of it? No, I think it was before my time. So Peter is like redheaded. And you know who does his voice at first is the guy that voiced Garfield. Really? Which is also weird because years later, he I later think, goes on to voice Garfield, yes, right? Bill Murray. So they must have some kind of sound alike because uh, huh. later Bill Murray does, I think after the actor died, the voice actor died. I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but I do believe Bill Murray was like given a handsome sum to voice Garfield in the, mm. the real movie. And then Bill Murray said, that guy sounds nothing like me. And so after that was, and this might just be circumstantial, I don't know. But after that comment was made by Bill Murray, they fired him and they got Dave Couillier, who played Joey on Full House. 
he voiced what? the guy for the but and he sounds more like him but the other guy had like better timing i think it uh, just from what i remember you can't tell a difference but uh also this is you know how i said uh ernie hudson got the shaft he mm-hmm. he auditioned to do, he must have been hurting for work after this he auditioned to do his own fucking voice and they turned him down and wow. gave it to arsenio hall I love no. Arsenio Hall. Yeah, though. so that was Arsenio Hall was hot at the time. He would just gotten his own show. He was fresh off uh, tr- coming to America, and he had gotten his own late Dude, night show. Dude, I had a crush on Arsenio Hall for the longest time. It's super random, but like I just loved coming to America. I loved the character he played. He's cute, but I mean, yeah, he was so hilarious. If you can make me laugh, that's it. I love you. I don't know why that is, but like, um some people it's laughter some people it's food you know who knows but um i did also read something about the cartoon version of janine melnitz was completely different than the real life how they portrayed her in the first ghostbusters and everybody was like you should redo her her. look right for the second movie she had Mm -hmm. the rimmed glasses and the point the horn rim glasses and they actually changed them and they they sexed her up a little bit i think yeah they did they definitely did because in the first one she has that real short haircut real plain jane and then in ghostbusters 2 she gets this makeover where she has this blunt cut bob it's super orangey coppery red and she's wearing bright red lipstick everything about her she looks like if you mixed Daphne and Velma into the same character, Ooh, that's, that's Janine Melnitz, right? From the second one, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the second one. Yeah. And then uh, something else interesting that I learned about Ghostbusters 2 is that the scene where they're in the courthouse, the Scolari brothers are modeled after the Blues brothers. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I didn't know that. But as soon as you said it, it makes perfect sense. You know, something else that is like a weird tie-in is the little bastard kid from the birthday party that they go to at the beginning he, of uh, I thought you were going to be He-Man. <laughs> Dude, that little asshole, shit fuck, went on to be the director of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, that's because that's Ivan Reitman's son. Yeah. Jason Reitman. Right? Uh, yeah. I didn't know. So he just used his real kid for that role. Yep. I wondered if we we're going to talk about Afterlife. I already showed you how much I hated the the 2016. I uh, didn't hate reboot. Afterlife. No, I hated the reboot in 2016 with. But right, the all female cast. I thought Afterlife was good. I dude, wasn't expecting I to like it. It, it I was like bought it. It's good, and it's uh, dude. I don't care what you say. You have to love Paul Rudd. Like every every, every role cast, he's in. Like I wish they would have. I wish they would have cast someone else to play the mom. I think the I don't kids even know who she is. Perfectly, they were. Yeah, yeah and, she, and it's funny too because the kid from Stranger Things, they had a Ghostbusters. I don't remember what season of Stranger Things where he's where they're doing the Ghostbusters Halloween costume. But, right. And then yeah. he gets to be in the movie Ghost, the sequel. It's technically a sequel, right? Yeah, it is. The other ones it are is. the other ones are reboot because there there's no original Ghostbusters in that universe. They're the first, 
And they get Chris so, Hemsworth to be the secretary. <laughs> it's stupid. It's too stupid to be an enjoyable movie. It's the example of instead of us making our own shit, let's just redo stuff men did, even though we think we're better. Like that's what I. And it wasn't better at all. It, it wasn't was even garbage. Worth, it wasn't worth finishing, as far as I'm concerned. Like everybody's like, nope. "Oh, it's okay." No. Anyway, sorry. So uh, afterlife, though, yeah. I think so. For me, it goes Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters two, Afterlife is the third installment of this timeline, right? Do you and think they'll continue? I think on that it? it's great. Yeah, I hope so. I hope fucking so. I love the the Stay Puffed uh, in the grocery store scene where they. I love. Just, they're the you know what else fuckers. I love? It's set in Oklahoma. Oh, is that where it's at? And being an Oklahoman, I think that's extremely interesting because they find these caves and da 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 da, right? I was so sad. I'm not gonna even pretend that I didn't cry at the end when they brought the ghost of Harold Egon back. Oh, I was like, (laughs) because when did he die? Like a year recently. Was that movie maybe made yet? Years ago, two or three years ago, maybe. Do you know if that movie was filmed before he died? Because I think it's pretty close. I he think died, that he I was supposed he to be in it, but then he died. So they just did a hologram. Mm-hmm. They brought the other three back for that last scene. So fucking fantastic. What a blowout. Oh my God. I always thought and, in the they would bring Oscar back as an adult in the in whatever sequel happened. so i got some stuff on that but uh don't let me get ahead of myself okay. here so let's go on uh the guy who played janush was this the character was originally written as like this straight-laced character named jason but after the actor this is the museum guy yes yeah the curator guy so like after he read the script he actually was the one who said that he thinks that janush should be like this flamboyant eastern european curator guy and so uh he he came up with this whole character that he he thought it should be and after they heard him out on that they loved it and he was like you know what actually janush should be like of carpathian origin which would add like a whole nother connection to him and vigo yeah because he's definitely got a connection with that fucking thing right and so they were like go for it do it all and imagine like he he he's memorable in that role the way it is i think some of the funniest parts in that movie came from Janusz. You know what my favorite line is? I don't remember which character asks him where he's from. He's like, the Upper West Side? Upper <laughs> West <laughs> My sister <laughs> says that line to this day. The Upper, Upper West, West Side? Yeah, because he's like asking him what the fucking accent's all about, basically. And it's like... Yeah. <laughs> where are you from anyways, Johnny? And he's like... Up our bus side? <laughs> hey, Dana, uh, aren't you going to introduce me to your friend? Um, sure. Peter Venkman, this is uh, Dr. Janusz Poha, the head of our department. Yes, I have, of course, seen you on the television. Quite enjoy. Uh, you're not here on business, I hope. Well, it's top secret. If everything you're doing is bad, 
I want you to know this. You'll be careful there, all right? No one listens to me. Well, I'll give you a rain check. Say, Johnny, you gotta go again, too. No, uh, actually, I'm preparing uh, this portrait for the new romantic exhibition. Yes? This is Prince Rigo, the roller quartet in Moldavia. Bit of a sissy, isn't he? He was a very powerful magician, Dr. Rinkman, and uh, a genius in many ways. He was also a lunatic and a genocidal madman. I hate this painting. I felt uncomfortable ever since it came up from storage. Well, you're probably feeling what Vigo is feeling. Carpathian kitten loss. He's missed his kitten. We'll just put one in here by the cat. Yes, we so don't go around altering liable afterwards, Dr. Franklin. Go. Yes, I think go. Yes, the, the joyfulness is over. He's kidding. Well, you're not going to get a green card with that attitude, pal. I await the word of Vigo. I, Vigo, the scourge of Carpathia. Oh, you've told me this, the scourge. The sorrow of Moldavia. Sorrows, I've heard all of this, yes. Command you. Command me, Lord. Oh, uh, hello. Uh, yes. Well, uh, I, I happen to be here in uh, this neighborhood, and I thought that I would stop by to see how how's it was you. You know, because of all this blackness. Oh, it was. We're fine. Thank uh, you. Well, Thank then you're okay. Yeah. Well, uh, how's the baby? Oh, he's he's okay. Uh, yes. uh, he's uh, sleeping. Oh, but I would. <laughs> okay. All right. No, please go. You. Who's this Wiggler? He's yours, Ray. Sick him. You know, I've only seen that actor in one other movie, and it's Sophie's Choice. I think I've seen him in a couple movies. He did some... Sophie's Choice stuff, is right? the only one I could I could think of that I've seen him in. Have you been keeping up with my show at all? Yeah, I listen to so it's I listen to it sporadically. I've tried to keep up with so many. I uh, no no no. I was just curious because yeah. I recently did an episode with my cousin and my brother, and we went to the Franklin Castle. The oh super yeah, haunted that, place. that one's on my queue right now. So your brother, the musician? Yes. So um, sweet. Oh, you'll love it, Colby. So like my brother and my cousin and I went to this super haunted Brian? place and yeah, uh, we did a tour of it, but our tour guide was fucking Janusz. Did you like, talk about everything that in the episode? About him. Yes. And it was <laughs> like, if, if the kid from the burbs that said it came with the frame and Janusz had a baby, <laughs> this is the guy that was taking us on a tour. That of sounds place. unsettling. I know, right? But like, there was so many scenes at the beginning with Dana where he's, he says, do I have a bad breath or something? Or it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he might be like one of the funniest parts of that movie oh he is for sure yeah. 
and he goes to check on Dana after this big power outage and he's like yoo-hoo and she's like oh be quiet the baby's sleeping and he's like oh I'm sorry I would it's just everything about his character is hilarious now here's where it takes a sinister turn are you ready Colby always ready for a sinister turn now the role of Dana's son Oscar was played by newborn twins of course that's common because of the the laws with how how long they can be like mary kate nashley in full house kind of thing right the big daddy kid he's twins now are you ready it was played by hank and william duchendorfen no fucking way so this is john denver's relatives the nephews of folk singer John Denver. I only know about John Duchendorfen from the fucking episode <laughs> we did about Laurel Canyon together. I didn't know that was his fucking surname. Boom! That is John. De- so is it his? It's got to be his brother's kids then. Yes, his brother's. And kids. they named him Hank and William. Hank wow. and William Duchendorfen. That is a find. Now, that is a find right there. Listen to this shit. Tragically, Hank struggled with severe mental illness. He was diagnosed with DID, schizophrenic disorder, bipolar, and anxiety attacks, which ultimately led to him taking his own life at age 29 in 2017. And since his brother's death, William Duchendorfen has worked extensively to promote awareness of mental health issues and suicide prevention. First off, we got twins, John Denver, like the mm-hmm. whole connection, DID. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about MK Ultra on oh, these kids, sure. 100%. Colby, give me I that. I mean, the, I, the fucking family is enough for me to even like entertain that idea. But the fact that he's disassociating, he's schizophrenic. And he was in the movies when he was fucking not even old enough to walk. Ghostbusters part two. Oh, Come on, I didn't think this Colby. was going to get dark. It's Ghostbusters. Oh, shit. Like that is absolutely mind blowing. So did Ivan Reitman produce the second Ghostbusters? I know he produced the first one. Did he? Yes, he did. So he's Along the, the, with the head the, honcho with of this Aykroyd. production. Mm hmm. That's that's too bad. I didn't want this to have any of that kind of stuff in it, but apparently you can't fucking touch a mainstream movie without some kind of twisted little thing like this. Or I this was Hank or William. So Hank and William starred in the movie, but Hank but which, was the one who killed himself. Pour one out for Hank right now. Yep, let's take a oh, cheers right here. That was right supposed here. to be accident, but clinky. Clink. Cheers. You will not be forgotten, Hank. Duchendorfen. So, along with the more sinister ties, I've done a lot of research on the Nephilim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and love those episodes. A lot of the fairy folklore comes from Nephilim. Mm-hmm. Um, like they were really real and they're considered fairies, but that was just like a bloodline of Nephilim. What about giants? And, Are they yeah, giants same thing, too? same yeah. thing. And Dan Aykroyd 
actually wrote the script for Ghostbusters 2 to take place in Scotland. And he wanted them to be hunting subterranean fairy folk. You know, he never gets his way. His first draft, I, know, I was just like, right? hey, come back when you got $200 million, Dan. I know, right? Or Do you remember the soundtrack for Ghostbusters 2? Is it as iconic as the first one? Yeah, because there's that song by Bobby Brown. And it's right. called like On Our Way or something like that. Or like On Our on Our Own. I'm like trying to remember the title and I just can't. But it's, it's the song that says wake up wake up wake up you know that song i i really wanted to actually put that as part of my intro i was going to make a new intro and include that song as part of it but it just was really long and i couldn't find the perfect segment to include it into the intro but that song is like a conspiracy theorist in a nutshell and I love that song. It was actually on number one outside of the movie for a couple of weeks because it was just such a catchy song. But along the same kind of like sinister taste in our mouth, which I don't want to spend too much time on it, but we've got to talk about everything. The Vigo the Carpathian in the painting. Uh, he was the full name of the character in the movie was Vigo von Homburg Duchendorfen. What? They included. What the fuck? Colby, they included the last name. Why? Into the character's name. That's weird. <laughs> you can Google it. I believe you, Google... you. I just fucking think it's weird. Yeah. So. Vigo the Carpathian, like the full name is Vigo von Homburg Duchendorfen. So does John Denver, besides having nephews in this movie, have anything to do with the movie? No, not really, other than his last name and his nephews, but it's just that's not like a common name. Maybe it is no. in Germany. Yeah, but what if it's like Anderson in Germany or some shit? No, There's... come on, dude. I've, I've never heard it. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's pretty specific. I've never been to Germany either, but you know. But so this is the scourge of Carpathia, the sorrow of Moldavia. And this character in the movie, history would remember as a powerful magician, an intelligent genius, but also an oppressive tyrant, an egotistical uh, aristocrat, a psychopath psychopathic lunatic a genocidal madman and his titles also included vigo the cruel vigo the torturer vigo the despised vigo the unholy vigo and the then, impaler right uh bankman says wasn't he also remembered as vigo the butch <laughs> i you know, love that part it's i can't i can't I can't wrap my mind around this Duchendorfen thing because he's, he's literally trying to put himself into the body of this kid who's the Duchendorfen yes! twins. And then one goes on to murder himself later in life. Okay. Colby. Now, okay. this, this Vigo the Carpathian character was the final boss in the video games that were based on the Ghostbusters 2. 
and he was like the main antagonist in the adventure and in the game to defeat his defenses and approach him the players had to utilize effigies of the tin man scarecrow and cowardly lion from the wizard of oz and in the original cut of ghostbusters 2 when vigo's painting melts the ghostbusters are shown as the wizard of oz characters that's interesting a little wizard of oz tie-in so now we have in the original script them being in scotland defeating fairy folk with john denver's nephews and it turning into wizard of oz characters in the end god damn ghostbusters 2 wow. can i get a holla <laughs> Uh, I was going to watch this. After, so I, I told Julia before we started recording that I thought I was going to have time because I watched Ghostbusters 1 two nights ago. I was going to watch Ghostbusters 2 right before we recorded, but I ended up getting my time wrong. So I haven't watched this movie in like five years at least. So now that you've told me all this shit, I'm going to watch this tonight and I might get possessed. I don't fucking know. If you do, just text me so I can say some prayers for you. Okay, I will. Thank you. That's what do you think about all that, though? Like, I mean, I didn't think that this episode was going to go down that path because I didn't know any of this stuff. And that's it's tripping me out. Like, I, you know, I, a lot of people that do conspiracy kind of stay away from the fantastical stuff and they just want like, but I love the paranormal ethereal elements of it and hollywood has become one of my because i used to want like i moved to hollywood right after i graduated high school i was going to be a screenwriter and i ended up going to film school in arizona instead because it didn't work out in la and that place creeped me the fuck out and if i would have known back then all everything i own now i, I, I wouldn't even gone there but right having been there and having walked hollywood boulevard and vine and all that stuff i never did go to laurel canyon i wish i would have mm. but uh there's something about that place and now every fucking innocent movie from ghostbusters 2 on has some kind of weird ass tie to this shit and it's only for like those who have the eyes to see because on surface level it's just a comedy but then you dig a little deeper and it's like, why are John Denver's nephews in this movie? Like of all the kids you could have chosen, why them? And they just needed just, some twins. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if I'm going to rate one to 10 Slimers, Ghostbusters part one gets 10 Slimers. Ghostbusters part two gets eight Slimers and Ghostbusters afterlife gets 10 Slimers. Oh, wow. You liked the third mm -hmm. one that much. Okay, yes, I'm going to go 10 Slimers for the original. I'm going to go, I'm going to give you a Davy Wavy number, and I'm going to go <laughs> six and a half on Ghostbusters 2. 6.5 Slimers. 6.33. And I'm going to give <laughs> uh, Afterlife 8, because I was expecting a 4, and it blew my mind. Because... Mm -hmm. They, who wrote that script? Do you know off the top of your head? I can Google it. It really wasn't quick. Dan Aykroyd. I don't no. think. But whoever Ghost did it, they focused on this little girl who is the clearly on the spectrum uh, mm -hmm. grandchild of Egon. 
And she did such a good job. And I love that they have a character named Podcast. <laughs> you that, know, the, that, I that is the best addition they could have possibly yeah. done is include a podcast. So I was watching this with a group of friends when it first came out and they said podcast. They called that and everybody just looked at me like because I'm, <laughs> I'm the podcaster in my friend group. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. Just need a but little... you know what, Colby, just to tie in like with what you were saying earlier, he was a conspiracy theorist exactly. podcaster. He exactly. wasn't a paranormal no, podcaster. No, he, he was me. Like, that's yes. why everybody looked at me like that. Because, And he's always recording. <laughs> mm -hmm. He was like, say that into the microphone. And he talked about what? Lizard people, mm -hmm. Beyonce, like all, I was like, how did they even how is this even in this movie it's such a perfect it, time because it held true i mean if they would have like let kate mckinnon and melissa mccarthy write it would have been jason reitman he wrote it yep so he's the little punk ass bitch from this i thought it was gonna Ghost be he man too <laughs> yeah. the little freckle face asshole man mm-hmm I love that scene because you can tell like we to harken back to that scene in the car where they're discussing the end times. You can tell that Ray and Winston kind of have bonded throughout the five years. They're like best buds. I know. And then it picks back up with that in Ghostbusters 2. Do you remember the scene? <laughs> Do you remember the scene where they're like in the underground tunnels under New York and the they're like calling out names or whatever and then the train the ghost train comes and it passes through winston and he's like, he's like ah! <laughs> it reminds me of the slimer scene from first one where he's like ah! <laughs> winston got better scenes in, in Ghostbusters he, yeah too, i think they sure. really made up for shaft in him in the first one yeah for sure and ernie and hudson's gone on to do such great things too i loved his character because he was like the proverbial, like, whatever you say, uh, kind of, you know, go with the flow, but also like, fuck you, white guys. <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. But at the same time, he's like, I'll do it. <laughs> oh, when, when you just reminded me of one of my favorite lines that he says in the first one, when they're talking to the mayor and he's like, since I joined these guys, I've seen shit that'll turn you white. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's like, and I, as a little kid, I thought it meant that it, the blood left your face, but you no, know, I think it meant no. something else. <laughs> right. There was a scene in the second one. I talked about this a little bit on my Patreon because something really weird happened to me like a couple um, weeks ago. But there's a scene in Ghostbusters 2 where they're trying to drill down to the river of slime. And Egon's like with the cutter. Is that where they're wearing the, the hard hats and the construction yeah. shirt? Yeah. And the cops stopping him and they're like, why are you cutting? And he's like, oh, I don't know. And yeah, he Bill goes Marie in this the Bronx <laughs> accent like, oh, do, 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 yeah. Do. yeah, he's like, what do you mean? Why am I cutting? What? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so like a couple weeks ago, and I told Davey Wavy about this. I don't know if he told you or not, but like I had this weird thing happen to me where I was watching Ghostbusters 2, and it was right at that scene where they're doing the cutting. And I was like laughing. And you know, when you watch something that you've watched a million times for some reason, it's easier for you to like go to sleep. 
it's That's like why I fell asleep the, to Ghostbusters one the other night. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just relaxing and you're just kind of going along with the flow. And it was right at that scene and I fell asleep. And then I remember I woke up and the TV was off and it was completely dark in my room. And I swear to God, like I had like this whole conversation with my husband and then I kind of rolled over and I saw him come in from the hallway into the bedroom, into the bathroom, and I clicked on my lamp on the side of my bed, and it turned out that he was in the bathroom the whole time. And he swears to God that I was super high, and I imagined the whole thing, but I'm telling you, a five milligram weed gummy does not cause hallucinations. Like I had you're, a full you're no, blown... like You're no like stranger to the edibles, right? No, yeah. that's the thing, Colby. Is like, I had a whole conversation with him and he, and then I saw him come in and I was like, are you trying to scare me? And then I look over in the bed and like the, the blanket is perfectly straight and like nobody's been in the bed on his side. And he told me that I was so high, I was imagining it. And I said, I've taken weed gummies every night for the last like six months. And I wasn't hallucinating. I promise you, I wasn't so high that I imagined it. And he thinks I was dreaming or sleeping or whatever, but it was during Ghostbusters 2. And I fell asleep during that scene where they were like doing the cutting or whatever. And now that I know all the shit about I was gonna the say, original was it, was script it Hank? and Hank was in I, your house. It's a cursed movie, right? Like the freaking that one that killed John Candy. Maybe a it's nuke? cursed. I don't know. Well, uh, yeah, I'm going to watch it tonight and see if anything weird happens to me. Because you you have you, to look for the subtleties too. got me wanting too. to watch it. Yeah, I, I'll take notes as if we haven't done this yet. And tell you if I've noticed anything we didn't talk about. But I just, I really, it just takes me back to my childhood. But now that I know Ghostbusters 2 has this element to it, it's kind of creepy. And something else that I wanted to mention that I didn't even put in my notes. I don't know why I didn't put it in my notes. But do you remember the beginning of Ghostbusters 2? Peter Venkman's is now the host of a talk I, show. I, I actually watched that scene last night because they I was just scrolling through YouTube and they have the first 10 minutes for free. That is to me equally as good as the cards, the ESP experiment from the first one. Because when he's like talking to the guy, he's like giving him shit like, well, your book sales are really going to suffer if the fucking world ends this, this <laughs> New Year's. And then like, when he's talking to her, she's like, well, she's such a cool little character. Like she's so mousy and just like, yeah, I, this alien in a bar he took me to his hotel room and he said it's Valentine's Day. What was it? 2016. That's when he told me about the end of the world. Valentine's <laughs> like, Day. Bummer. <laughs> so your your alien had a room at the Holiday Inn Paramus. <laughs> I don't know if it was a room or if it was a room on the spaceship made to look like a room at the holiday Inn. but and it's like so it's just like so iconic he's just like shit talking like right to their faces like oh, okay yeah yeah i'd say it's, sure. it's safe to say peter found his niche a little mm -hmm. paranormal fucking talk show where he can just talk shit to the guests but 
it goes back to the first one because when he's in Dana's apartment, she goes, you don't remind me of a scientist. You're oh. more like a, you're more like a talk show. Game, she says game show. Game show host. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, that is a good connection. Never mm-hmm. thought of that. Yeah. But think of like the speech he gives at the end, like when he's wrapping up his episode, he said, yeah, that's the thing with aliens. You know, you meet a nice one every now and again, E.T., Starman, but most of the time they turn out just to be a big lizard. (laughs) That's right. He included a lizard person like right there at the end. You know, and they're so ahead of their time with these references. There's something that I took a note on from the first one that we didn't talk about where uh, Dana's reading a magazine and she's like, yeah, you know, you should really look into this. And he's like, print is dead. He said that in 1984. Print is dead. This is before the fucking Internet. Mm -hmm. Egon was ahead of his time. And that's when she was like, oh, I do racquetball. And it's like, what are you into? I collect mold spores and fungus. For 400 in quotes on <laughs> Ghostbusters Jeopardy. I mean, there's so many scenes that it's like impossible to cover everything just in one episode. Well, we did two movies. I think that we we killed it though. I mean, that's that's the basis of Ghostbusters. I want which... to ask you something now about the second. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. What is your theory on the pink slime? What do you think about it? Is that a, like that, a reference like, to something? Because it reacts to um, the emotions. I think that it could be based in something real because it's a psychoactive slime, is what they say. Yeah, and. Think about that. They win in the end because they positively charge mm-hmm. the slime, yeah. which there's this whole Lady Liberty connection back to like, why the fuck did they choose to do that? But I don't know, Cole. Oh, like, I, I forgot that about that. They get real. the Statue of Liberty to walk. That, that is. Yes. I'm just I'm definitely going to watch this movie tonight. Dushendorfin, come and a- get me. They put it into a toaster and then they play music oh, and it like pops all around the I table. And that shit. Do you too. remember that? I, I, I'm just remembering how much I love the second movie. I said six, five. I'll, if I change my answer on that, I'll let you, I said 6.33 in the end, but I'll let you know if I change it. Cause that fucking toaster scene where they put the music on and it starts dancing. I think you will. I think you're going to change your rating because the there's that courtroom scene I was talking about earlier with the brothers. And uh he says some really iconic stuff and I'll probably include some quotes from that scene in this episode. I'll ask you again Dr. Venkman, why were you digging the hole? And please remember your under oath. There are some things in this world that go way beyond human understanding things that cannot be explained, things that most people don't want to know about. That is where we come in. So what you're saying is that the world of the supernatural is your exclusive province? Kitten, I think what I'm saying is that sometimes shit happens, someone has to deal with it, and who are you going to call? But... When they turn on their accelerator packs for the first time in five years, they click them on individually, right? And he's like, do, do re, 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 re,
Egon. Egon. Yeah, because Ray gets like a smile on his face when he gets to say his own name. I forgot about that too, but as soon as Think you Think about said it, it, Colby. Eight Slimers at least. Give me right. a break. Julia, I will get back to you on my revised rating if there is one after I watch it again. Because I'm remembering now all these references you're making that it is not exactly a remake of the first one in the second mm. and third act. It's definitely I mean, got some originality. Yeah, but that's okay. Sequels are kind of like that sometimes. Right. I mean, it was supposed to be so set too. in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, which uh, I know, think would have been really interesting. You know, Ivan Reitman, this is another little trivia fact, when Dana is possessed, which is also, the, so the cards in the beginning is my favorite scene in that movie, but the, the scene where he is walked into her apartment when she's possessed, <laughs> the whole <laughs> interaction where he's like, She's like, I want you inside of me. He's like, well, you know, there's already at least two people in there. I don't know if there's room. <laughs> and uh, so everybody thinks Vakeman is so creepy. And it's like, dude, he had a chance to quote unquote date rape this chick. But why did he have Thorazine on him? Because he's a psychiatrist, <laughs> right? No, he's a psychologist. If he was a psychiatrist, I would get that. Oh, but like so, a lot of people are like, so I did listen to some podcasts to see what other people had to say about it. And one guy was like, you'd only bring Thorazine on a date if you had ill intentions. It's like, yeah, but he had the chance. And, and I love, you know, he's not even freaked out with when, when uh, there is no Dana, there is only Zool. He's like, what a lovely singing voice you must have. <laughs> but you know whose voice that is of possessed Dana? Who? That's Ivan Reitman doing that. Dude. Yeah. See, it's like I get it. It was low budget, so they only had so much to work with. But the and he knew what movie. he wanted too. Like he kind of mm -hmm. probably just had it in his head. He probably had some kind of like one of those things you talk into, and he made it. It sounds fucking great. Yep. There is no Dana, only Zool. You know. Oh, here's another tidbit about that part. So Sigourney Weaver, when she auditioned for. What's her name? Dana? Oh, I call yeah, I called the the wrong person Dana earlier when I was talking about Janine. Anyway, Dana, so when she auditioned for Dana, she went in there, she didn't say any words, she didn't read the audition that they gave her. She just fucking got on her hands and knees and started acting like a dog. She wanted this <gasps> role so bad that she was like, How can I stand out? She and she's fresh off alien at this point, because I think the original alien was 79, I think. So that's five years. But that ties that. back to my last breakdown where we talked about Sigourney Weaver and all of the alien movies. And it's like she always gets involved in like oh, weird occultic The one movies. you did with uh Drew. Yeah. 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 She yeah, she wanted something this about part her. so bad. She was in Avatar. around like a dog. Yeah, and I bet you Think Ivan was just that. like, dude, let's just give her the role. Shit. She went above and beyond. <laughs> and that's kind of the reaction she was going for, probably, but but so Colby, Julia, can you tell the listeners where they can find more of your content, what it is you cover on your show and uh, what it is that you have going on? Uh, you know, for the main show is Conspiracy Playtime. And if you just do that all one word conspiracyplaytime.com that'll take you to our website where if our episodes have been removed from youtube you'll get directed to rumble and that show 
Well, we always said from the beginning was we cover anything conspiratorial, paranormal, metaphysical. We even edge into true crime at times. One of our best episodes is the Franklin Scandal episode that got taken down on YouTube a year and a half after we posted it, oddly enough. Uh, I also have a show called Disinfobation, which is just a weekly show where a friend of Dusty at Utruthcast on Twitter, he and I get together and just talk shit about current events and we talk as much nasty shit about politicians, <laughs> Hollywood, just all the bullshit, you know, it's just like we're court jesters who are mm -hmm. usually I'm pretty drunk in that one. And he's he's an he's a veteran. He's jaded. He he knows what's going on. He's seen it firsthand. Uh, so, yeah, those are where you can find me. And I would also since I'm going to post this as a bonus on my feed, if you could like plug your shit, too. Yeah, thank you for that. So, uh, of course, I'm Julia. I'm the host of the Cosmic Peach podcast. And I cover pretty much what Colby said. Like, you know, we do conspiracy, paranormal, supernatural stuff, mysteries. And I dabble into the true crime, but only if there's a conspiracy involved, like the Franklin cover up, which actually goes hand in hand with Johnny Gosh and a lot uh, you, of the... that episode of yours made me decide that I'm going to do your Patreon because I have to listen to the rest of that. Man, I found some shit with that Johnny Gosh stuff that will just change uh, the and game. And you saved forever. it all for the Patreon part, too, because I was I like, have to. Yeah, I know. Listen. I know it's, it's genius. And you know what? I quit Patreon. I used to have three people I subscribed to, but after they kicked off james corbett and whitney webb i did a boycott but you're gonna bring me back into the patreon fold well i'll tell you what ryan dean I, also I, like, man i gotta take care of the patrons first because they're what helps me get new equipment and, I like think do it's all the things really so. awesome that you do that two three seven thing <laughs> thank that, you that, that's a good hook like if i didn't have access to you as a fellow podcaster i'd be intrigued enough to do it so that's let great. me tell you something colby if you sign up for the patreon right now there's free gift that you will want to have if you right. so uh, if you were ever going to do it now's the time because i got a free how long gift. is this deal because i get paid in two weeks uh while supplies last but okay. i will put one aside i'll for risk you. it I'll wait until uh, it's going to be the first week of July. July since 8th. Well, since you helped me with this episode, I'll put one aside for you. And I'll give you the more details after we're done recording. But it is a Patreon-exclusive gift. Um, just to say thank you for everyone who's supporting the show. And uh, the Patreon is really just so I don't get full episodes removed if i can put half of the episode on and save the rest for patreon i know nothing will ever happen to it yeah. and that's that's just you know one of the pluses but uh thank you for joining me thank you for inviting me when you told me because i know you're a big horror movie fan when you told me it was ghostbusters you wanted to cover I was elated just because it's one of my favorite movies of all time oh me too oh, talk yeah. about an 80s classic but uh as a, a concluding question, um, Colby, if there's something strange in your neighborhood, who are you going to call? Bill Murray. <laughs> He's my top two. Oh, of course, it's the Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs>
Bill Murray is my spirit animal, though. After rewatching it recently, I just keep coming back to that. Like mine is Janine Melnitz. Oh, there you go. See, I'm such. A, <laughs> you and I would have some odd interactions then. Like, hey, right, Julia, pay, type something, will you? We're paying you for this. <laughs> right. But just, he is such. He's so dry and sarcastic, and I feel like maybe he had some kind of influence on me after watching it so many times as a kid. That's okay because he's iconic, and uh, as long as it's not the character from What About Bob, I'm cool with that. Yeah, but thank you so much, and to all my listeners, thank you, and uh, we will catch you on the next one. <laughs> <laughs>